Hey, y'all, and welcome to the Bible Bitches podcast, where we talk about biblical and religious topics from a feminist comedic perspective. And I'm here actually in L.A. with Sarah Hoff, an awesome agnostic who is from, well, currently from L.A., California. Yeah, it's it's a real privilege to have Laura Barclay in the studio with me. Yes. Here. We are actually in a studio, which is uh, very professional for us. Yes. Very not what we do. Um, and Laura, as you know, is a Baptist minister from Louisville, Kentucky. And today we're talking about Mary Magdalene, who is a very misunderstood character in biblical history and throughout the church. Throughout the historical church. Yes, and long falsely cast as a whore by the church, uh, which is just, we're just going to just, you know, peel back the layers on that. Um, and it's going to take a two-part episode to do that. So this is one of a two-parter, so I'm going to need you all to hang in there with us. The first episode will cover Mary Magdalene's biblical account, and the second episode will cover how the church in later centuries told her story, as well as how she's perceived in American culture, and may have a little bit of witty banter between Sarah and I. No pressure, Sarah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so we're probably going to save our debate until episode two. Right now, we're just really kind of like setting the the base, like the framework. You Maybe know unless I, mean? I feel like fighting you. I mean, <laughs> that's just that's just like an everyday kind of yeah, thing, though. it is. Let's be honest. Yeah. Also, uh, hilariously and unusually for us in a studio, we're here with uh, David. Uh, David, a producer. Um, and so we're just he's just going to be the, the silent soul of our yeah. of our podcast today. Yeah. So David, I'm actually going to talk exclusively to you for the rest <laughs> of this podcast. Yes, <laughs> yes David. <laughs> so, uh Sarah and I and Dave, David, David as our silent partner. <laughs> we're going to be using James Carroll's article called Who Was Mary Magdalene from the Smithsonian Magazine in 2006 to orient us. And he points out that while Mary Magdalene has been, quote, reinvented in one age after another from prostitute to sibyl to mystic to celibate nun to passive helpmeet to feminist icon to the matriarch of divinity's secret dynasty, end quote, we don't actually know very much about her. That's a lot of labels to slap on somebody. Yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of her deal, right? Like, um, you know, but she's called Mary Magdalene because she's literally from Magdala, and her name is Mary, um, which can was... You, can you unpack that a little bit more, Sarah? So, I don't understand. So there's, so there's this location <laughs> called Magdala. What? And her name is Mary, mm-hmm. and so her name is Mary Magdalene. Now, what that means is <laughs> that she is from Magdala. I think I'm... I think I'm starting to understand. Yeah, I mean, I can show you on a map. Okay, cool. Cool. I'll do that in a little bit. Great. Just like where it's right here. Okay. Um, So that's a village on the Sea of Galilee. She's most famous for staying with Jesus at his crucifixion and discovering the tomb um, that was empty upon Jesus' resurrection. She's also the first um, to see the risen Jesus and the first to preach the news of his resurrection, becoming the apostle to the apostles. And again, we're talking about this from a uh, biblical, like, narrative perspective. So, you know, Sarah and I might have differing opinions on risen Jesus, whatever. We're just using this based on the actual narrative, right? Um, And part of the confusion over who Mary is is that there are so many 
fucking Marys in the Bible. <laughs> so many. Okay, there is Mary, mother of Jesus, Mary of Bethany, who is the sister of Martha, Mary, mother of the apostle James, to name a few. And there are also some unnamed women who sinned, like the adulteress who Jesus saves from stoning and the prostitute who anoints Jesus' feet. It's kind of exhausting to keep up with. So there's a lot of Marys and people get very confused. Mary was like, like uh, it was what Brittany is to our generation. <laughs> <laughs> or Ashley. Or Ashley. Yeah. Yeah. As a Laura yeah. Ashley, I meet a lot of Laras and a lot of Ashleys. Yeah. And I'm just so sorry. On account of the um, the floral <laughs> brand, yes. right? I, I like to joke that I kind of know what sheets I was conceived on. Gross. I'm going to take that back. <laughs> I, I, I immediately apologized to my <laughs> Is that what your parents told you? No, I think they would be horrified that I just made that joke. <laughs> they were like, there were rose sheets, and we spritzed some rose <laughs> perfume on them. It was very romantic. And because Sarah and I are both August babies, we totally know what time of year. It was the holiday season when we were conceived. What was it? It was like uh, Valentine's Day? Valentine's- I don't know. Nine months, Sarah. Nine months. You know I don't math so good. <laughs> Somewhere between, I mean, I, I guess it was like Thanksgiving. Probably. Yeah. It's like a Christmas Thanks, present. Somewhere between, yeah, Thanksgiving, Advent, that kind of. We, we are their Christmas present. <laughs> Belated. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, can I take this back? <laughs> um, so a quick refresher on the Gospels. Um, the four Gospels were written after the death of Jesus. Mark, Matthew, and Luke were, rent- were written between 65 and 85 BCE. Mark was first, and Matthew and Luke were written afterwards using Mark as a primary source. John was written later between 90 and 95 BCE on its own. And Carol states that when we read about Mary Magdalene in each of the Gospels, As when we read about Jesus, what we are getting is not history, but rather memory, memory shaped by time, by shades of emphasis, and by efforts to make distinctive theological points. And already, even in that early period, as is evident when the varied accounts are measured against each other, that memory is blurred. Yeah, he notes the confusion starts in Luke uh, chapter 8, when it's mentioned in passing that Mary Magdalene was with Jesus along with other women, and that Mary was cured of having seven demons. These women provided for Jesus, which implies that they were respected and well thought of. Um, All of the women were healed, and the seven demons could mean anything as it could be an ailment and not a sin, exactly. So right before that, we get a tale that has been conflated with Mary Magdalene as the end of chapter seven. End quote. One of the Pharisees invited Jesus to a meal. When he arrived at the Pharisee's house and took his place at the table, a woman came in who had a bad name in town. She had heard he was dining with the Pharisee and had brought with her an alabaster jar of ointment. She waited behind him at his feet, weeping, and her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them away with her hair, Then she covered his feet with kisses and anointed them with the ointment. This is, mind you, not Mary, but another unnamed woman. They just got sort of ran together over the centuries in the narrative, probably on purpose, but more on that later. Guys, I'm super glad that the... um (laughs) that the tradition of kissing feet is no longer in play because that's disgusting. I'm also thankful that the tradition of carrying around an alabaster jar 
is also out of vogue because that sounds heavy. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just like a really cool clutch. Yeah. Ooh, do you have one, Sarah? I have one, yeah, yeah. I like to bust it out on real fancy nights. Do you introduce yourself as an unnamed woman? <laughs> <laughs> You're just real meta in your performance. Yeah. I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> when, I, when I make reservations at restaurants, I'm like unnamed woman. <laughs> Ooh, it's, I see what you're doing. It's like a, your life is a performance piece. It is. It is. It is. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> you are, you are uh, the religious version of Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> yeah. Unpack that, Sarah. No, uh, <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel like uh, I'm, we're doing a disservice to both myself and Shia LaBeouf by making that comparison. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, anyway. Um, uh, most importantly, she was Mary was unwavering in her loyalty to Jesus. According to the Gospel of John, it was very early on the first day of the week and still dark when Mary of Magdala caught, came to the tomb. She saw the stone had been moved away and the tomb away from the tomb and came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved. They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, she said, and we don't know where they where they have put him. And after Jesus is raised, according to the account, Jesus says, Mary, exclamation point. (laughs) She ran to him, but he says, do not cling to me. Carol notes that whatever the relationship was before, physical expression between Jesus and Mary of Magdala seems to have changed because he's saying, don't cling to me, right? And we have no idea if there was romance between them. This could be merely platonic. We just have no way of knowing. I'm sorry, did you just say Magdala? Is it Mac, is it Magdala? It's like, well, you can say Mary Mary Magdalene. Yeah, but like, Mary of yeah, you can say Mary of Magdala of the city of Magdala. Yeah, yeah but is it pronounced Magdala or is it pronounced Magdala Magdala? Because that's how I was pronouncing it. I don't I don't know that there's a wrong way. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make I'm value gonna, judgments. I'm, gonna, I'm Sarah. gonna assume it's just like it's McDonald's, but it's without <laughs> the end. Yeah, no, that's Consonant. great. Yeah. Just put your American privilege on that. <laughs> Just not like, kidding at all. I'm just going to put obesity right on it. Yes, just slap that there. <laughs> it's a good spot for it. <laughs> so after Jesus is resurrected according to the gospel, the Apostle Paul is busy starting churches with male and female colleagues. After this, however, as the church becomes centralized in Rome, women begin to disappear from leadership. What the fuck happened? Like, what the actual fuck happened? <laughs> fucking dudes. <laughs> fucking, fucking, <laughs> fucking dudes. Fucking dudes. And the Gospel of Mary Magdalene was written much later than the kind of canonical Gospels. It's less a firsthand account of her and more uh, an actual community of Christians who identified with her and chose to give her a wider voice. That Gospel was lost early on. Again, gee, I wonder what might have happened. Mm. This is why we have to revisit the canon. I'm just saying. Oh, uh, we got to bracket this and have this discussion. Just I know. For those of you following us, this comes up again and again. This is going to be a next revisit. season. This is going to be a next season, like, grudge match yeah. in the ring. Sarah and I are going to get in it. Remember when MTV did those, like, uh, that, like, claymation celebrity? Like, do you remember this? No. They would do like these celebrity like death matches, but all in claymation. It was in the nineties. Am I dating myself? Yeah, but I I'm I didn't have cable back back in the day. Not even in high school. No. Oh, we we got it in high school. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Kentucky. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Go on. Okay. Um, Okay. So Mary, the Gospel of Mary Magdala was lost early on, but 
uh, and that was along about the time the church was starting to cast her as a whore. Uh, this gospel was not found until 1896, and it's pretty powerful with the apostle Peter in it deferring to her saying, quote, Sister, we know that the Savior loved you more than all other women. Tell us the words of the Savior that you remember, the things which you know that we don't because we haven't heard them. And Mary responds, I will teach you about what is hidden from you. And she begins to speak these words to them. Mary goes on to explain her vision as an ascent of the soul. Peter is portrayed as jealous, saying, did Jesus choose her over us? The apostle Levi responds, if the Savior made her worthy, who are you then for your part to, to reject her? So we know at least one community viewed Mary as a major apostle of Jesus's, who many deferred to and was seen as having wisdom, not a meek former prostitute, not to shame sex workers. I feel like this is one of those things where the use of the word prostitute is kind of meant to uh, shame women uh, because you're either 100 percent a commodity of your of of the ability of like what kind of sex act you're doing or you are completely 100% a virgin and your purpose is to get married and have children. So I'm, I'm using that very specifically in this context. So as Mary Magdala is being reshaped by the early church in such ways as a leader, apostle, and loyal friend of Jesus into a whore, we might look at the culture outside of the Jesus movement to explain this. Um, as the church became more Roman and less Jewish, Roman thought seeped in, which is was steeped in Stoicism and Neoplatonic thought, which puts men at the top and hates bodies and enfleshed spirituality. And this is how a movement built on equality and overthrowing oppression becomes a boys' club. So yeah, so like let's let's talk about that a little bit more. Like um, th- like when we talk about the Jesus movement of the early, of the early. I don't know, church. Yes. What is that? What is what does that exactly mean? Because the quote unquote Jesus movement or like the quote unquote Jesus of mm-hmm. the Bible, mm-hmm. it's a very small piece of it. Right. Yeah, for sure. So like what does that look like in that early church? So um, what we can sort of piece together about this is that Jesus, the Jesus movement occurred. So he, you know, Jesus was a Jew um, and he was part of in this first century uh, BC and first century BCE um, there or BCE and then CE. The deal was, was there was a whole lot of sort of messianic hope around a Jewish political leader who would emancipate the area of Israel from Roman rule, right? And sort of restore a free, independent Israel. And I think a lot of people thought that Jesus, Jesus was one of many people who sort of filled that role, right? As, as a Messiah or people who thought, you know, that had a following where they thought this guy's it, this, and it was always a guy, that this guy is it, right? And Uh, so I think there's a lot of questions, you know, like a a lot of, like there's this one passage and I can't remember exactly where it is, but you know, Jesus looks at Peter and say, who do you think that I am? Mm -hmm. Because there's all these thoughts about maybe, maybe he's going to be this political rebel who frees us. And so there's all these questions during his lifetime of, is he going to be this King or is he not? And when he dies, um, and is, you know, resurrected again asterisk um because you know and if you have a question about that go back to our easter episodes um so a lot of people think he was resurrected a lot of people think he wasn't but um 
when he was resurrected, then there was this whole Jesus movement. And so this Jesus movement is follow like there's a lot of people in it who are Jews. Um, but then you get Paul involved, who is also a Jew, but then he ends up kind of having this revelation, if you will, that this is supposed to be wider. It's supposed to be for Gentiles. So he really starts going off. He's a later convert, like a couple years after Jesus is dead, right? And so like Peter and James and sort of all the, the OG apostles are like, who are you? Who is this guy? What's happening? So Paul is over here converting all these Gentiles to this quasi-Jewish religion. Mm-hmm. And it's still kind of seen, you know, and, and there's all these arguments that you'll see in Acts and later on in the letters of Paul about whether or not that means someone has to, A, convert to Judaism and then convert to the Jesus movement, right, and become a Christian. Or if they're just cool following Jesus, if they're a Gentile and not actually converting to Judaism. So there's there's kind of some two different camps in that, right? Mm-hmm. So Peter would be on one side and like Peter and James would be on one side of that. And as as more the more sort of like Jewish sort of traditional sort of traditional right yeah. crap um, versus Paul who's like man this is just more of a Gentile thing like we can it is Jewish but like you can be a Jew or a Gentile and you're still a Christian mm-hmm. but the problem was was that whenever the Jews revolted in seventy CE and tried to just stick it to Rome because Rome was an asshole. They were just like constantly trying to conquer and control and rule and say like, you have to worship our gods. The Jews had had enough of it and they were like, you know, step off. And unfortunately um, they lost the rebellion and Rome conquered Israel. And so Paul's version won basically. Yeah. Right. So it was, so Paul wins, even though Peter is kind of seen as the quote unquote first Pope, right? Paul's version wins. So then with the fall of, with the fall of Israel and Judaism kind of on the outs, then it's like, okay, well, this thing has to take more of a Gentile role. So the early church becomes really more of a Gentile movement after, at that point. So then you've, and then it's based in Rome, not in Israel anymore. And so then you've got more like Greek thought, you know, translated into Roman thought, now translated into Christian thought, which is kind of what we're talking about with the different levels. Man's at the top, then woman, you know, then it goes. So then animals, (laughs) animals, right. But it's all about dudes. It's all about dudes. What do you think about this here? I mean, you know, this is just sort of like setting up the base, like like Mary Magdalene. And we'll get into this in in the next episode but and like and what we're talking about here is that the fact that she is like sort of mysterious but then like the statements about her like it's it's interesting the statements about her because she's really like she does a pretty brave thing mm-hmm. and then the way that people then choose to talk about her is very like agenda based right like she's she all the all the dudes fleed you know, they, they were, they fled. Yeah. They were, she was still there Yeah, along with potentially it's, you know, different accounts, but the Mary mother of Jesus and some other women are loyal. They're standing by his side at his death. They're the ones that go to sort of, um, treat his body afterwards mm-hmm. with yeah. the uh, Jewish rituals around mm-hmm. burial. Um, they have the most at that point to lose. Right. Um, if they're identified with him because crucifixion and we've covered this in previous episodes. I think it was the one around Easter where we talked about 
crucifixion is a political, like that was a very political death. Like they weren't kidding whenever they, they, you know, put the king of Jews label on him. It was, that was seen as you think yourself a king, that's sedition. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have committed sedition against the, uh, against the emperor and you got to die. And so they basically are standing beside somebody who is a, is seen as a traitor to the Roman empire. Right. Yeah. So she's very brave. Yeah. I mean, I think she's very brave. We, we don't know a whole lot about the historic Mary Magdalene, but right. we do know that she was very loyal, that she was well thought of because, you know, Jesus paid a lot of attention to women and she was by his side consistently. And she was listened to. She was the first one. Like he charged her to tell everyone else that he was resurrected. Do you know, do you remember like why, um, like how her gospel got lost? I don't, yeah. but I, I do know that she, that it was considered a Coptic gospel, so it was yeah, it was written or in, like Gnostic maybe. I thought yeah, Gnostic, Gnostic and co- like I I think the Gnostic gospels were a, kind of a movement that started in Egypt, and it was written in the Coptic language, which was came that language came after the hieroglyphic language, so it was mm-hmm. kind of more 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 modern and in, in the sense of like ancient, not as ancient. Yeah, um, and so it was written in Egypt, but. You know, I, I think if you sort of think about the whole of the whole context of world religions, Christianity was kind of wiped out in that area eventually. Mm. Right. Because um, Egypt became a Muslim country like fairly early on, like 700s, 800s, something like that. I'm like really getting into my very rusty. Yeah. I've, I've taken a lot of world religion classes, studied Islam, studied Judaism, studied Buddhism, but I'm kind of forgetting. So um, there's that. You know, there's it just wasn't really Christianity wasn't really big in Egypt after a while. Right. Yeah. It kind of became more of kind of like I said, where it, it kind of became more of an more of a European thing once the church got relocated to Rome. Yeah. So yeah. those there were these kind of minor movements like Gnosticism and then everything just kind of coalesced around, you know, what became the Vatican right. and the Church of Rome. Yeah. That's kind of where it became centralized, even though ironically, right, it was. It's that which is so fascinating because it was this, you know, uh, minority movement, right, in this country that is a you know colonial outpost from Rome, mm-hmm. and it's very like you know anti-Roman, but then it ends up in Rome, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> like I think Jesus would just be like, "What? I don't get it. Like this is very strange." Yeah, and it doesn't really in the in the centuries. Like as as the centuries go by, it begins to look very less and less and less like the original Jesus movement, and more like something else entirely. Well, yeah, I mean, it's become it's morphed into its own monster, <laughs> right? Look at the like. Let's be honest. If Jesus walked into any church in America, well, Jesus would probably be like, "What? Uh, what? Explain this to me. <laughs> what is happening?" And rightfully so. I'm not going to lie. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. 100%. What is even going on in the world? Yeah. I. So if I could, like, maybe leave this episode on any sort of question, um, and this might be uh, one that, yeah, I don't, I don't, I did not plan that this is where it would go, but do you think Jesus would attend your church? If you go to church, I, I want you to, like, really seriously think about that. Do you think Jesus would attend your church and why or why not? Here's the thing. Jesus and I would chill and he would be like, we, we would have so much wine. Yes. All that water. 
turn it into wine. <gasps> yes. And he and I would high five a lot. <gasps> Sarah. I bet he'd dye his hair. I bet he'd get a tattoo. Sarah. Yeah. Would you and him go around to churches and just like throw over tables outside of churches? Remember, because oh he's God. like, you've turned my church into a den of thieves. And he yeah. like, yeah. Would you just go around and like, I think we would, I think we would definitely get some spray paint bottles and like, yeah, you know, tag a bunch of places. Yes. Yeah. I'm into it. I, I like I'm it. not that, uh, yes. I don't have the wherewithal or the patience to go out at like 1am and do a thing. Yeah. But, uh, I feel like with Jesus, I would. Right. I feel like, I feel like, you know what? I feel like he was like, he was like an anarchist mm-hmm. before anarchy was cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like that about him. Yeah. 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 He'd like, he would like listen to like, I don't know, Metallica and Tool. <laughs> no, he would not. <laughs> that is blasphemy, Sarah. <laughs> he only listens to German death metal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I can get behind that. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> He just listens like to Rammstein st- all the time. <laughs> He's like, do host. <laughs> He'd be so intense. <laughs> oh, my God. It would be so. He I would paint his nails black. You know he would. Do you know it would be, like, so sad if he only listened to, like, like, Hoobastank? <laughs> Wait, no. Hoobastank got their name because there was some, like, rumor that went around for a minute that, like, Jesus's middle name was Hoobastank. Do you remember this? No. Yes. And that's why they named their band that. Really? I think so. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay, uh, then I revise my statement. That's kind of hilarious. Yeah. Uh, then I but just also, like, things. where did that even come from? I like, they can't have any kind of backing. No. I don't. I, I maybe, maybe somebody just told that to me thinking, like, just playing a prank on me. And maybe. Like, I'm very sincere because I was homeschooled and I yes. believe you now. Yes. So now I'm going to broadcast sense. that. Yes. And Sarah's restart a very, rumor. Sarah's very gullible. And also Hoobastank was... Is it because people say Jesus H. Christ? Yes, it is. I just realized that, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how Hoobastank came out of that. I don't know. Does David know? I always know? thought it was... Yeah, David, do you know? I have no idea. David doesn't know either. And David knows everything, so... Yeah. Yeah. David actually does know, but he's trying to um, hold it, hold out. <laughs> it's Hiram. <laughs> Hiram? Yeah. No, I no, I just made that up. I, I was like, I'm sorry, did you just do a really quick Google search? No. That's even going on. No, but that would be amazing. So, two things. In conclusion. In conclusion, <laughs> if you know what Jesus' middle name is, <laughs> I really want you to let us know. Also, just like seriously ask if you go to church or you know people who, you know, in your friend group, just like maybe just pose that question. Hey, would Jesus go to your church? Start a, start a nice little religious battle with your friend group. <laughs> <laughs> good good that's what we do I feel like also i feel wars. like that's i feel like that's a, a difficult question because if you say yes then like automatically i'm like i feel like you uh aren't really giving yourself a good critical look right if i'm like yes sarah jesus would attend my church like, and he would like it mm-hmm, then you could mm-hmm. punch me in the face at any like, point and i wouldn't I, be offended yeah i'd be like <laughs> Do you and I have the same understanding of what this uh, Jesus character was all about? Yeah. No, I really think that we should consistently ask ourselves that question. Like, in what ways would Jesus walk in and be like, who would you rather hang out with, Mary Magdala or Jesus? I'm going to go with Mary for sure. Oh, I don't know. Don't. Oh, don't. I want to hang. Mary and I would like so chill. (sighs) Except for I like can't get down with like, I don't know, anointing and kissing feet. That's gross. Yeah, no, I don't know. There is, the, you know, that's a really good question because I've I've often thought, 
here's the thing. You know that thing where you're like, you should never meet your like idols or whatever, like the people that you like really look up to, mm-hmm. like don't meet your role models. Like I don't know. I just I just wonder, you know, because even even as much as Sarah, you and I, you know, studied um, scripture. But you've met me, and I'm your role model. Well, sure. Yeah. But so, like, but that's fine. It's not and, all bad. Yeah, it's not all bad. But like you're in the same era as me, Sarah. Mm-hmm. We we drink scotch together, mm. and it's great. But the thing about it is, like, I've often wondered, like, if I time traveled and met Jesus, like, would it just be so far out of my cultural context that I would just be like, I don't even get you. Well, so here's the thing with time travel. <laughs> if we're going to go back in time, I'm so excited we're immediately going to die because the diseases, like the air quality, like everything is completely different. I imagine that you just take one breath in and it's like a br- like a <gasps> inhalation of just foreign entities into the body and then you just die. Okay, Sarah. Well, that seals the deal. I would definitely meet <laughs> Jesus because then he would heal me from that. <laughs> <laughs> Done and done. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus is like the first uh, magician. You know he doesn't... uh... He doesn't actually heal you. He just gives you like a... He just tells you to pick a card. (laughs) He's he's the first televangelist. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jesus. No, it's... That's a loving joke. (laughs) (laughs) A loving joke. It's a joke in love. Sure. It's a Jesus hoobastank. Christ. Okay, um, y'all. Thanks for thanks for just sticking with us on this wild ride where we examine what what is a Mary Magdalene? Sarah Hoff. <laughs> it's a Sarah Hoff. It's a Sarah Hoff. <laughs> it's a Sarah Hoff. That's we solidly landed there. Bam. Um, so please uh, slide into our DMs and tell it's us what David. you think. Mary Magdalene is David. No. <gasps> That's a shocker. Mary Magdalene is David and is in the studio with us right now. Hey. Take that, Dan Brown. <laughs> <laughs> There's no need for the Trevi Fountain. No. <laughs> Uh, okay. Anyway, we solved the Da Vinci Code. Okay, um, you can find us at so- SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher if you're confused about how you got here. Uh, also, contact us at Bible Bitches on Twitter or on our Facebook fan page, Bible Bitches. And uh, yeah, let us know like um, what you think about the show, who you think a Mary Magdalene is, if your church would welcome Jesus, and. If you could time travel, where would you go? No, if you could time travel, how long do you think you could live? Mm, that's a good one. I like it. Because let's let's be honest, we would all live under thirty minutes. Oh, that's a oh, that's good. Do you do you have an over under on that, listeners? <laughs> um, <laughs> also, <laughs> knowing knowing my like you know fragile body, I would be like. I would step out of the time travel machine and, like, immediately get, like, I don't know, impaled with a sword. <laughs> Let's just hope it would be quick, right? It would be like, witch. <laughs> Burner. <laughs> um, also, thanks to Engaged Gaze, uh, G-A-Z-E, our host, um, who has not branded us witches or burned us. So, thanks for that. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what? Who's not branded us or burned us? What? That was a solid transition. 
They, thank you, Engage Gaze, for not killing us. Yes, thank um, you. Yes, thank dot you, com. Go, go check their uh, content. It's solid. It's always on point. They're solidly resisting this administration, and we want to promote that. Um, also check out at Aaron Doodles. He does all our artwork. He's amazing. He puts up with our bullshit, much like David here in the studio. Thanks, David. Yay! Mary. AKA Mary Magdalene. <laughs> One more shout out, and that is to at Yo Eves. Uh, sh- um, she does, Missy Eves does our intro and outro music, TNT. She's got a new song out, and it is amazing. So go check it out. Yeah. She'd hang with Mary, I bet. Yeah, she would. Yeah, she's chill as fuck. Yeah, she's yeah. great. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, you guys. We love you. Love you. Bye.